Hey, it's Keith from Alien Ghost Robot Creative Media. Two quick notes. First, hang around after the credits to hear some trailers from other audio fiction podcasts you might like. Second, if you're enjoying this show and would like to support it and other programs like it, I'd be thrilled to have you join my Patreon. You can listen to all our shows ad-free and get some cool perks too. The link is in the show notes or at thelovetalker.com. Thanks. The Love Talker is a folk horror audio fiction production and contains mature content, including adult language, violence, domestic abuse, and sexual assault. A complete list of content warnings for this episode can be found in the show notes. Listener discretion is advised. For the best audio experience, we recommend listening with headphones. Sister Ginevri looks me over. She seemed so big back then. But now I'm taller than she is. But it's hard not to feel anger just looking at her. Wild energy in my fist, dry mouth. I hate her. Oh, she clasps her hands in front of her as she used to, mimicking the pose of the three mothers like she imagines herself to be. She's much grayer now, though to be fair, I only remember flashes. She was angry all the time and afraid. That haunted look is back. And she's trying to hide it, trying to put on a strong face. But I see it. There were men chasing me. What men? I don't know, outside in the woods. And why would these men be after you, girl? Perhaps it is your revealing attire, your disrespectful mouth. Your painted face. I'm wearing jeans, and while I am in a tank top, I have a flannel shirt over it. And I guess a little eye makeup makes me painted. Well, I know what I heard. They freaked out at the general store when I... I... Um, I don't know. They just threw me out when it got dark. Shouldn't mention Janet, in case she has the same reaction as the men did. Turns me out, lets them have me. Our Charles Pugh is a respectable man. Of even temper, except when he is wronged. You must have done something to set him off. I did nothing wrong. Don't you recollect me taking you to his store from time to time? Only a little. Not really. He'd give you a piece of nickel candy. No one gave me any candy when I lived here. I'm certain you have just forgotten. Yeah, it's coming back to me. But I remember you. Seems my lessons could have stuck with you more. But still, why are you back at Kill Ruin? And so very late at night, child, at that. I... I was just... 
So I graduated high school a couple years ago. Did you? Yes, Yes. And I got to thinking about my life and got curious about Kilroin. So on impulse, I drove up here. Curiosity and cats, Catherine. It's dangerous to come here after dark and before winter falls on the mountain. Why? Do you really not remember at all? Remember what? She takes a step towards me, looks me hard in the eye, searching. Does she suspect I'm here about Janet? She's sharp, sharp like me. But I keep secrets, too. Let her look. Hmm. Just old customs that ought to be heeded. Now who's hiding something? So, now that you are here, what will you do? Well, I was planning on staying at the hostel, but no one was there. No, not for years. I look after it now. Kilruin is no place for outsiders. Oh. Well, now I'm not sure I should. Maybe I'll drive back down the mountain, get a hotel in Dogwood, come back in the morning. Why would you ever come back? What's here for you, girl? What do you mean? You left years ago, and you seem fine. Your adopted parents, they treat you well? Yes. And you've had schooling? You eat well enough to look at you. Have you stayed off of drugs? Uh, yeah. yeah. Much more than can be said of many here. I don't know why you would ever return. Look at the way she's squeezing her hands together. The way her nostrils flare just a little as she breathes in. She's hiding something. I guess I'm looking for something. And what is it you are looking for, girl? Mm, she's good. Cold and unflinching. Sisters keep all kinds of secrets. Not a flick of her eyes. A shift of her weight. Not giving anything away. Suppose I'll know it when I see it. But maybe you're right. I'll come back tomorrow when it's light. But those men might still be out there. Not sure what to do about that. Nonsense. The roads are dangerous at night. You are here, so you might as well stay here. I don't feel safe alone in the hostel. Why, then you'll stay with me in your old room. All right. Come. I'll show you where it is. I remember the way. upon hours I spent in here alone. It's so empty. One middle frame cot, one battered crib, one broken rocking chair, one ancient chest of drawers, the faded and peeling wallpaper of pink and yellow with lambs frolicking across it who are now so bleached as to be ghosts. Everything is so clean though there are stains that can never be washed away on these old walls. You can smell the disinfectant. There's one window of thick glass, bars over it on the inside. Huh, that's new, but nothing else is. <laughs> How I hated this room. I don't remember there being bars on the windows. 
Some addicts have been breaking in round here. Not that the church has much worth anything. The bed is made. I'll bring you a blanket. It gets cold at night, and you will need it. Sitting atop the dresser are exactly three toys. A rusted jack-in-the-box, a faded blue bouncy ball, half-deflated, and a baby doll, the kind whose eyes open and close when you pick her up. Only one of her lids is stuck halfway down. Bits of her hair have been pulled out of the plastic. A couple of her fingers are missing. Shoot off by the looks of things. I remember her. She was my only friend. <laughs> the only person who was nice to me in the interminable hours spent in the church alone. Well, I think if you pick her up, she... <laughs> yep. My only friends. Just these three toys. No one else visited. No one else talked to me. Just mother... Just sister Genevri. And occasionally, the doctor. You did love that doll, as I remember. Well, someone had to. She looks a lot more beat up now. You aren't the only orphan in my life. There were many before you and some since. Here's a blanket. Is the room all right? I'm sure you're used to better in Saltville. The farm's not exactly a luxury resort. It's fine. In this room have lived many like you, child. I give food, warmth, safety, and discipline where they would have nothing but cold and dust. There are many on this mountain with less. Yes. It's fine. Thank you. Hmm. I'll go now. Stay within this room tonight. If you did offend some good people here, they will respect the church's boundaries and me. But we are vigilant people. We watch. We have to, Catherine. Always. The mountain has always been here. The living and dying things came later to crawl on its surface and drink from its minerals and water, to feed on each other, blood and flesh, viscera and bone. Even the trees are hungry. They are patient, content to wait until you fall dead at their roots to make a meal of you. The whole world is mouths and teeth, suckers, rhizomes, and mandibles, the ravenous living, crawling on the surface of the eternal mountain. Only the mountain doesn't eat. She holds the nourishment of our dead bodies, mulch and rot, but does not eat it. She gives it to us, sees us fed like a good mother. She knows our appetites and smiles, happy to provide, happy to feed her children. But mother wants us to be strong, 
Mother nudges us to take our food, to fend for ourselves, to hunt. If you listen very closely, you can hear her. You can feel her voice pulsing in the earth. Wake up, little one, she says. Wake up. Time to eat. That was more intense than usual. <laughs> I would kill for a dreamless sleep sometimes. But I, I guess with what happened last night, it's no wonder. And being back in Kilruin, my subconscious was probably exploding with all kinds of repressed memories and stuff. But, uh, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> oh, my back hurts. I'm too tall for this cot. I think this pillow is the same one I had when I lived here. I remember its smell. Down feathers, sweat, and mildew. How many children cried into this pillow over the years? I can't believe I forgot a toothbrush. Uh, it's morning. Just enough bright to dispel the night, paint the world in amber. The church is quiet. If my, if Sister Genevri isn't up, she will be soon. I really need to pee. Bathroom's just down the hall. All's quiet. Except something's moving in the sanctuary. That's not sister. Who? There's a man. Big, broad, stooped. His back is to me. Oh, there's something twisted about him. His spine isn't right. He's cleaning the floor, wearing overalls and a plaid shirt. There's a metal collar around his neck and a length of chain running from it, fastened to an eye bolt on one wall. Hello? He's huge. All muscle, or, or maybe sinew. Body looks lumpy under his clothes. He freezes at the sound of my voice, motionless except for the bellows-like swelling of his chest as he breathes. Why is he chained? Did Sister Ginevri do this? Hey, sorry to bother you. Who are you? His hair is black and coarse, matted into bristles. There are these waxy patches on his skin. Hard growths like scales or... I don't know. Um, look, there's something attached to his face. There's a strap and a buckle secured on the back of his head. What is she doing to this guy? What's your name? Oh, oh there's a, a smell wafting from him over the lingering incense and cleaner. It's... Oh, sour. Like vomit. I'm Ren. 
what's uh what's going on? Why are why are you Oh god, he's muzzled. Like a dog muzzle only fitted to his face, a, a crude mesh grate over his mouth, out of which oozes saliva. His forehead is too big, his brows are too heavy, his eye sockets are his eyes What's wrong with his eyes? They glimmer, green and magenta, like like colors you see on flies. Deep in those sunken sockets, two rings of dull malice shine out at me. Hey. Wait, wait, I'm not gonna hurt you. Stay back. He's so fast for being so good. Stop. No. There is use for you in this world, child, if you see to it. Get back to your work. Good morning. There's breakfast if you want. What? Who is that? That's Michael. Come eat before it turns cold. I remember this cramped little kitchen, too. Meals were one of the few times Sister Ginevra and I would actually speak. The smell of wood smoke, lard, and dried herbs is just the same. Mmm. So is breakfast. Cornmeal mush. I would have made you biscuits had I known. It's fine, thank you. Coffee? Uh, yeah, okay, thanks. Do, do you want to tell me why you have that... that... His name is Michael, and he helps me here. He cleans the church and sleeps in the cellar. Why do you have Michael chained up here, muzzled? You, you beat him with that stick. It... You saw how he went for you, Catherine. Michael is prone to fits of violence. His soul is tortured. His body is pained. But why is he here? All the mountain's lost children come to me. I think you, of all people, should know this. Yeah, I know how you look after children. What's wrong with him? Like all of us, he is as he was made. The doctor has done what he can for him. But more there is, is not for us to know. And so I do the best I can with him. Give him a purpose, a job, a life. Shouldn't he be in a hospital or something? We do not pass our troubles to others. Where'd he come from? Like many, he was found on the mountainside. This was a few years after you had left. And what, he was born deformed and his parents left him to die in the woods? Who is to say? Maybe you should have as well. Should I have left you to die? Orphan child. For Michael, it might have been a mercy. Do not speak to me of what you don't know. Lose what I have, then talk of mercy to me. Do you resent me, sister? Do you resent caring for all those kids? You don't seem like you want to do it. My duty is to care for lost children. You cared for me, but you didn't love me. No one in this town did. Get me locked in this church alone. Why? I don't remember much, but I remember everyone's eyes on me, including yours. 
hatred and fear for a little girl. What did I do to you? Why are you here, Catherine? I told you, just an impulse. You are a gifted liar. Talented. I recall you at age three and a half, there in the Bolin family chicken coop, with feathers in your hair and on your dress, a dead bird still gripped in your little fist. And you stared up at me with your cold eyes and said, It was not me, Mother. Not me. So I know when you are lying to me. Now tell me why you have returned to us uninvited at odd hours alone. I don't remember that. She's making that up. Doesn't matter. All right, then. Let's see what she does. I'm looking for my friend who went missing. Janet Morris. This was a month ago. The sheriff said he came up here to investigate. Do you remember? See how she oh so carefully stirs her coffee? Remaining calm, controlled. Sisters are good at keeping secrets. I do. She was hiking the Appalachian Trail. The last time I heard from her, the last time anyone heard from her, was when she called me. She'd left the trail to come stay at the hostel here. Yes. I remember what the sheriff said. This girl, Janet, she was a friend of yours? My best friend. Well, I am sorry to hear it. Truly. But as I told the sheriff at the time, she did not come through here or stay with us. No hikers at all for many long years. In her last message to me, she said she was here. At the town. And now no one has seen her or heard from her. These woods are dangerous. She should have known. Bullshit. I saw her pack in the general store, mixed in with all the other junk. Charles Pugh gets his salvage from all over. How could you possibly know it was hers? It was hers. She showed it to me before she left. How would he get his hands on it? I reckon that you should have to ask him. Charles Pugh threw me out into the street last night. He may have been one of the men chasing me. Nonsense. Where did he get her pack? Even if it is hers, though, I doubt it. Maybe she was attacked along the trail. She could have lost it there, and her life, too. The pack was found and made its way to him. Or perhaps she traded it on the way. What hiker trades her pack on the trail? You do not even know that it is hers. You are so fucking full of bullshit, you... This whole stupid... <gasps> Child, <gasps> you will mind your tongue on holy ground. Something hot runs through me. My ears are ringing from the slap, but also from the rushing of my own blood. Ants on my skin, fire in my breath. Hey, don't you ever touch me again. Oh, something's happened. Her cloudy eyes are wide, her mouth hanging open, her hands raised protectively. Suddenly she's so small. Fragile. So easily broken. No. I won't. Sit down. And listen. And she does. Just like that. Looking up at me, weak and pale and shriveled. Huh. You abusive old witch. You can't intimidate me anymore. I'm not a child. 
No, you are not. Tell me what happened to Janet. That, that girl was never here. You lie. Shall I get a stick and beat it out of you? You taught me that. Do what you must, as I have also done. I can think of a hundred different ways to hurt her. And I want to pay her back for what she did to me. I'm itching to do it. But she's the closest thing I have to an ally here. And look at her now. Shriveled and old and... I know something happened to Janet up here. And I'm gonna figure it out. I'll have the cops crawling all over this mountain. They'll throw all of you in jail. And maybe this pustule of a town will finally dry up and blow away. You don't know what you do. And you don't know what I'm capable of. old woman. I know the men from last night might still want me dead. Maybe, maybe it's the daylight. Maybe it's my fury, but fuck them. I'll take them all on. The inscriptions on the old gravestones around the church are too faded to read. Forgotten dead on forgotten ground in this forgotten place. This mountain swallows everything in its shadow. Okay. Focus on the sounds of the forest. The cold caress in my face. Breathe in the air with the smell of moisture and mulch. Listen, stretch out your hearing and listen to sounds far away. Birds in the branches nearby, then past them, a rabbit chopping into a bush. Beyond that, worms curling through soil. Beyond that, at the top of the mountain, the wind whistling through a notch in the rock. And beyond that, the mountain itself, which vibrates in the earth. I know that sound. It's in my dreams. Janet, where are you? Something toward the mountaintop. Do you hear it? There's a path uphill from the town, up past Heartsore Drop on its way to the ridgeline. This is probably the trail that Janet came into town on. And the path isn't kept very clear. It must only get occasional use. Vines catch on my shoes, my feet sink into the cold ground. The sun is, huh, 
behind the trees and clouds. It's hard to pinpoint where. I've, I've lost track of time. So strange. Something catches my eye. Side trail. What is that? Hang from the tree. It's an effigy. Bundle of sticks lashed together into a crude shape of a man. Tall as I am. Taller, even. And the side trail ends a little further into the woods in a clearing. It's surrounded by more of these effigies. They hang from the trees, mute and primitive. Someone's built a fire pit here, in the center. Big one, too. The ash is wet and packed. The charred wood hadn't seen flame in a long while. Some sort of ceremonial space. The earth around the fire pit is worn smooth with footprints. What's that? Well, there, at the edge of the fire pit. It wasn't quite burned up. They probably didn't notice it. A charred scrap of sturdy khaki with a zipper still attached. Like you might see on a pair of hiking shorts. There's no one outside the general store or any of the houses, so they don't see me kick in the door of the hostel. <laughs> but they probably heard that. The air is musty. Every room's spotless. Not even a bobby pin in the sink, nor a lost sock under a bed. No one's been here in months, maybe longer. But outside, the town is waiting for me. Charles Pugh is out front of the general store by the lone, ancient gas pump. My car is still parked there. Several other men are on the porch, flanking him. They're holding machetes or pitchforks or a length of pipe. They're just staring at me. Hello, boys. Gonna rough me up again? I don't suppose you'll let me have a look at that pack, will you? Oh, let me guess. You don't have it anymore. They just stare. All along the street, the front doors of other houses open. Men and women come out, gaze silently at me, arms folded, feet planted, jaws set. The whole town, staring at me. Fine. Screw this. Okay. I'll take the scrap of cloth back to the police. Tell them about seeing her pack. It might be enough for them to check into it again. And I, and I can put this nightmare town behind me. Well, shit. What do they do to it? They're watching me still, unmoving holding their tools and weapons. Uh, I grab my phone. Fuck. No bars. Oh, where do I go? I just start walking to the only place that feels familiar. The church. 
still staring at me. They haven't moved. Why aren't they saying anything? There's no sign of Michael in the sanctuary. Or Sister Genevieve. Sister! Did you do this? Did you have them sabotage my car? I found your fucking fire pit, you monsters! Fine. Hide and seek then. Only... There's that strange inscription on the floor. The, the seven-pointed star and the heart with the fish hooks. The sun is nearing the edge of the mountain and its light is streaming through the thick glass windows, spilling across the etching with surprising brightness. Which I suppose is how I see the stain. Look, there, on the foot of one of the pews. It's a dark smear. Michael may have mopped the floor dozens of times in here, but a stain like that, in that place, it's easy to miss. It's dark red. I drag my fingernail over it. Flakes come off like little pieces of rust. I know what it is. But we have to be sure. I press my fingernail to my tongue. For a moment, nothing. But then, that unmistakable... Coppery taste fills my mouth. Blood. Oh, God, Janet. Wait. Uh, something is... Oh, the three mothers forgive me, Catherine. You do not understand... We keep him here. It's our burden alone. And you... Oh, you are cursed more than you know. Think of this as a mercy, orphan child. Oh, it is women. Oh, eyes are blurry. Blood leaking down from my scalp where she struck me. Oh, God. Oh, she's let him loose. This chain drags behind him untethered. And she, she's taking off his muzzle. God, his mouth, it's, it's huge. It stretches the whole width of his jaw to his ears. Oh, he's coming for me. His iridescent eyes glow with fury and hunger. No! Get up! Oh, get up! So, Jesse, the church spins. Oh, here he comes. Down again. I've got to get under one of the pews. I use it as a shield. But then... He tears it away. The monster bends over me, 
does. Just for a moment, he stares at me with those alien, brutish eyes. What? Let's see to those wounds, okay? The Love Tucker, Episode 4, Michael, was written, directed, and sound designed by W. Keith Timms, engineered and composed by M.T. Goins. Featuring Lev Rodriguez Shivers as Wren, Jamie Lynn Marcos as Sister Geneveri, W. Keith Timms as Michael, Odd Andrews as Doc. The Love Talker is a production of Alien Ghost Robot and Celebrity Tumor and is produced by CJ Penrith and Nancy C. Timms. For more information, visit thelovetalker.com. Tell your family and friends about the show and kindly leave stars or reviews on your favorite podcast platforms. And be careful out there on the mountain. So now what am I supposed to believe? Is any of this for real? Well, it looks to me like you're trying to hide. Yeah, my mom always said don't trust anybody. Maybe they'd want to know where you're hiding out tonight. Thank you for returning my license, Joseph. That ding-dang detector pulled you. But she was married, you know. Stop being a little prick. Do you have your doubts? All right, kids. Say goodbye to Uncle Joseph. I'll handle it. Whoa, whoa, whoa there, buddy. Just saying how sorry we are to hear about your parents. Why is she talking about you having a mustache? You want to take a walk? Three complete seasons of Dirt, an audio drama, are now available to binge wherever you listen to podcasts or at dirtaudiodrama.com. Like I told you, no idea how I got inside. That memory jumps to an interior. 
Celebrity Tumor presents Delivery I know you got questions about him. Where did he come from? How did he do all those things they say he did? Was he a terrorist? Was he crazy? Was his skin really blue? Well, I'll tell you what I know. I was there with him, driving through the back roads under the stars. I was witness to wonders and miracles, and to the darkness that's coursing through the veins of our country. He came to fight it in his own strange way, but no one leaves that fight unchanged. Not even Rael. People ought to know the truth. And I was there. The Book of Constellations is a down-to-earth sci-fi road trip. It's audio fiction, and you can find episodes at bookofconstellations.com or wherever you get your podcasts.